Kathy Mosasana on SAFM. Welcome to the third and final hour of the Talking Point this morning. It's 10 after uh, 11 o'clock. And as we do every Tuesday, we're focusing on our municipal watch feature. And today we're really going to try and understand the levels of violence that we're seeing play themselves out at a local government level. What is really driving this violence? And most importantly, what is being done? Um, to bring it to an end. Of course, the latest uh, that we have seen is the situation out of uh, Steve Chwete. This is uh, where municipal workers have been holding a protest um, for a couple of weeks now, and that ending off in, in a shooting last week, which claimed the lives of two workers and two others are still in hospital recovery. The difficulty, of course, is that this is not the only municipality where we have seen workers and um, other members of the community coming under threat as a result of what is happening. You'd remember, even recently, we had the killing of the mayor in Collins, Chabani, and even that seems to be associated to questions of tender contracts, etc., etc. We've also had, remember that violence that took place in Amatole district, um, and my understanding is that they, even though there has been a change of regime, for lack of a better phrase, um, because they have installed new, mem- new leadership in that area, but there are still these incidents of violence, sporadic incidents of violence that are taking place. We can look at areas in KwaZulu-Natal, in the northwest, in the Eastern Cape, where we have seen this violence. While joining us for the conversation today is uh, the Deputy Minister for COCTA. This is the Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, Tembi Ngadimeng. Um, Minister Ngadimeng, good morning to you. Thank you for your time this morning. Good morning, Katie, and good morning to your listeners. Uh, I'm going to ask you just to speak a little bit louder because I think that uh, there might be a, a slight issue with that line. Uh, Dr. Tim Make is a local government specialist. Dr. Make, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Kathy, and good morning to Deputy Minister and to your listeners. Mm. One, w- one of the things I think we should begin with really is the great concern that many South Africans have about the escalating levels of violence that we see at local government level and the inability, at least it seems to me, um, Deputy Minister, to to bring it to to an end. What is the work that you as government are doing and would you say that you are equally concerned about what you're seeing? Thank you, Katie, for that question. I'll try to speak louder. I hope you can hear me better this time around. Um, we are concerned, Katie. <laughs> More than concerned. We have tried to put up a pin to assist in those municipalities to get into the bottom of the issue. But the indication we get is that, in, to a large extent, our municipalities are a reflection of what is happening in our communities and how do we resolve issues uh, where our municipalities uh, are found. Our community members or our municipal employees are members of the community immediately where they work and where they reside. And in most instances, it is also communities in, this, in, in some of the instances which violently go 
to block and stop the functionality of municipalities. So it becomes a cycle of ill-discipline, of violence, which in unfortunate instances often leads to death. I hear you when you say that ultimately it is a, a result of um, an inability to resolve conflict. But but the problem is that this is happening at institutions and even at buildings that are supposed to be accessible to the public. It has a direct bearing on whether or not people feel comfortable enough to approach, you know, the municipal offices and ask for whatever services that they need or even raise concerns around those services. So, so what is the work that you as a department has done in trying to understand why this violence is the way that it is? Well, well, Kathy, we are in agreement with how you sum up the situation. And that is why our work, precisely because Municipalities are service centers for communities, and they need to be accessible to communities or to community members on a day-to-day basis. They need to be able to go there to receive service. And in instances of instability, there is no service in two ways. If there's instability and there's a tool, a strike, it means the service that you're supposed to get, for example, refuse collection, wouldn't happen. So you are harmed as a member of a community. But violence equally makes the right you have to fair service and visitation to customer care for any other complaint difficult. We have gone at great length, one, to understand the problem. Why, for example, there are councillors killing, there are municipal staff killing, there are costs which are attached to extended security contracts, which are supposed to now guard a municipal manager, for example, who's supposed to exercise a, a, a administration responsibility on a day-to-day, which translates to a service which must come to you. We have had conclusions of those studies ran by academic institutions. We have put up upper limits, for example, on the process that needs to be followed in case there's a conflict in cases and impasse, and what will be the responsibility of staff. You know, that study was able to, to reveal, for example, in the past ten, that we had no less than 40 mayors who were guarded to be able to perform their functions. We had 18 municipal managers. We had office of the AG when they are conducting uh, uh, the audit at the end of the financial day, who are threatened and removed forcefully from municipal premises when they are going there to perform their own function. That is why I'm saying it's a it's unfortunate a symptom of what happens in our community. In most instances, some of even those crimes are not permitted per se by municipal employees, though in some instances they are instigators, but external and community people come into municipalities to create such instability. Dr. Mage, let me come to you. The characterization of why this violence is the way that it is, do you agree with what um, Ms. Ngadimeng is saying? 
Let me just add to on to what the Deputy Minister has alluded to. I think we should first acknowledge that it starts with us as members of the community. It was first and foremost, some of this violence happens just you know, in our own eyes. Mm. We see and we know who are the perpetrators of this violent act, but we continue to keep quiet. I'll give you an example to substantiate on what the Deputy Minister is saying. It has become a norm in local government that every time we go for local government elections, you will start to see some sporadic violence, service delivery protests, even in instances where there may not be justification for those uh, uh, protests. And at the end of the day, you find that the very same people who were there in the forefront of those service delivery protests, they then become councillors. Others end up into the administration by having been popular leading a particular protest in their own community. Now, that has led to creating a precedent, which precedent is now becoming so difficult to really bring it to an end, because everybody feels that if I want to become a councillor, I must just go and, and is initiate a protest against the Mayor Mutlatani so that she becomes unpopular, and we, are, we, we, we manage to unseat her from her political office. Now, the system has become mature a little bit in terms of beginning to pick on those tendencies, and political parties have put in place mechanisms to make sure that the, the, the right candidates are now elected into office. And that is the reason why. Those who used to benefit out of a protest will feel that uh, their doors have been gradually shut. And there's no other way they will resort to violent means to create frustration and stifle the process of service delivery. So, yes, there is an element where communities uh, are involved. And I think it's about time that members of the public should rise to the occasion and refuse to be used for purposes of unlawful acts. Uh, if there is no service delivery, we're not saying people do not have a right to protest, but there are mechanisms that have been put in place to make sure that those kind of dissatisfaction are properly handled and are properly administered. Of course, often these individuals you're talking about, uh, Tim, would be taking advantage of a situation, a gap that they have identified because in these communities, you will find that um, there are gaps in service delivery. And so those that are part of the protest uh, do that as a way of, you know, raising concerns about whatever services they're not getting. But what the pattern has shown us is that a lot of the times the individuals who are at the forefront end up being part of the very same eating spree if I can call it that, that is taking place at local government? I think to, 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 to agree with you is just to say, as I said, there are precedents that have been set. And, and, and previously you would find that if we identify Kathy, Kathy as a problematic person, there are instances where some of us would have gone and said, no, let's try and manage Katie so that she doesn't become uncontrollable. Unfortunately, that has bred a culture of entitlement, which means that uh, if I want to continue to be taken care of, I must create chaos because I can only survive out of chaos. And that is the reason why the deputy minister is emphasizing the fact that the communities is where these things are happening and we need to start there. 
Ms. Ngadimeng, I want us to talk about the link between the contracts, the procurement issues that emanate at a local government level and then the subsequent association uh, of that to, to the violence that we also see. Is there a link? There is a direct link, Katie. Uh, Remember, local government, municipalities are right where people are residing. You know, as I'm talking to you, I'm by the side of the road, joining SCOPA, doing oversight at Tabo Masilinian municipality in the, in the fifth state. There's virtually nothing economically going. Nothing. Right? So if a municipality issue a contract, just one, of a one-kilometer road, stoppages, murder of contractors, those gangs which even come to you as a contractor to demand money, but also even the fight of who gets allocated just this one project. Then there are wrong elements from the community and admittedly so in our municipalities in terms of following the proper supply chain management regulations and processes to appoint a person who is adequately equipped to be able to build a particular or construct a particular road in the instance of this example. Now, the, 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 the direct correlation of such a road results in poor workmanship, results in more fights, and results in elimination. So there are problems which we must own as cocktail on behalf of our municipalities on how do we run and manage our systems, put them in place, avail our books to the Auditor General at the end of each and every financial plan for public scrutiny. But from the community side as well, put a way in which we could be able to drive the economy, not to be focused only on municipal uh, work and municipal. If you really want to study how bad that process is, you must also look in municipalities which are under coalition. The reason why one of the reasons they can't even adopt a budget is because what is in it for me as party A, that is a financial benefit in terms of appointment of staff and contract. That is why a party will say, I don't know, I want infrastructure, I want housing settlement, and openly so, because there are resources. So there are three areas which are a problem. And unfortunately, even by law, it's in a municipality where a day-to-day constant interaction with the community is supposed to be. That is why we can't plan without the community. The IPP forces you to talk to people, to get their views, contrary to a national assembly, which will periodically go to communities because they are introducing a bill or they are amending a bill. In a municipality, you are constantly there day to day. Part of what that tells us then is that regardless of whatever the financial frameworks that are put in place, um, that that are requirements from a legislative point of view that individuals or or officials have to uphold, um, we have not been able to break the the networks of patronage. And that that is why we, we see 
um, the ongoing violations, even of some of the financial uh, regulations that govern local government? Well, yes, Katie. I, I'm, 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 I'll be the first one to admit, and, and, and I'll be the first one to put attempts. I mean, the, the very same amendment of the 15X bill, which the president signed last week, is trying to professionalize, it's trying to regularize more. But what do you do, for example, beyond regulating when uh, Marcelonyana has five disclaimers in a row, five financial years in a row, in essence, they cannot be able to put credible financial statements in front of the Auditor General. Yes, you will say consequence management. The, 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 The municipal manager is in suspension. The CFO is in suspension. suspension. Is that sufficient? Are we breaking the system? Are we changing the norm fast enough? I think uh, Dr. Marketing Clava is that we happen, unfortunately, to be in a system that a reserve is even beyond 100% for us to be able to get municipalities around. But the systems are being put in place. They stop get measured AG at the end of the day need to be able to tabulate open what would have happened. But we find ourselves still locked in difficulties that involve both the municipality and our communities. Tim, you know, one of our listeners put it so well this week, um, you know, just talking about this issue. And they talked about what is a gangsterization. Of, of local government. Is that part of what we are seeing here? Look, that, that's, part wa- that's part of what we are seeing. And I think uh, the the response from government was just to make sure that uh, the systems act is amended to limit the political rights of uh, the municipal employees, primarily because you, whether we like it or not, local government has become a very highly contested terrain and, and as a result, it has attracted different personalities within it. Uh, you have people who uh, just uh, by their nature have uh, survived out of criminality, but you have got people who become the enablers of those criminal activities by way of not adhering to the policy imperatives when they have to do or execute their day-to-day work. And that attracts a whole lot of negativity in as far as the kind of uh, things that we see happening, the violence, the state of local government, uh, which is not reaching its sustainability status required by the Constitution. Now, all of those factors have led to a point where you can be able to see there is some element of grouping that has taken the control of the municipalities indirectly while they are not inside the operations, but working with some of those who are inside the the operations by disregarding the provisions of the law. How do we begin to get a handle on that, Tim? Because that that seems to be the biggest problem, right? That you have external actors that have an incredible influence on everything that is happening in the municipality, most importantly, how resources are being distributed. Look, Kathy, the, 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 the legislative framework uh, regulating gov- local government is quite very clear uh, and, and it's quite very, very progressive. But all what lacks is that those of us who are assigned the responsibility to go and administer those provisions of the law, 
we do not adhere to what we have been put in office to do. And there are a number of factors. So some of the factors could be the lack of the necessary requisite skills. Uh, and I think we need to acknowledge, starting from the political uh, office bearers up to the last person within the municipalities, primarily because of late we have allowed mediocre to creep in, wherein everybody can become a mayor. Yes, well and good, the constitution guarantees everybody to be elected. But I think uh, we need to borrow from the wisdom of uh, former President Halman Plante, who is saying that for a person to become a mayor, we need to start looking at some form of qualification. And hence, the regulation says before you become a senior manager, we must also subject you to a competence assessment. But all of those things are in place, but they get violated by us as humans. And at the end of the day, we then we start to blame government. I think it starts with us. If I know I'm not competent to be a municipal manager, I can be a very good teacher. I must focus my, my skills and my energy at what I am competent of. Otherwise, we've got a lot of people who come into the system just to be able to rubber them whatever they are told. We've got a lot right. of political counselors who, who cannot be able to read and interrogate a report and ask the right questions. All right. We'll continue the conversation in a moment. Mposa Tolle is standing by with the latest news headlines. On SAFM. We continue the conversation on the talking point looking at violence that is taking place at a local government level. What is the driver of this violence? And most importantly, what needs to be put in place to change really a culture that seems to become somewhat endemic? And, um, you know, Tim, I hear the point that, that you're making around the responsibility that there is on individuals appointed to certain positions to act within the best interest of those positions and really to ensure that they're not just acting on instructions that they're given. But does that not ignore the reality of where and what the state of, of local government is? Because you, you have a culture of um, intimidation, you have a culture of violence and harassment and we have seen, even in some municipalities, where councillors have been killed so that by-elections can be held and there can be a rerun of sort and different people appointed to positions that are seen to be more um, malleable to, to what those in charge would want. As long as, Cathy, we as society, we have allowed a situation whereby leaders are produced out of violent protest actions. It it breeds that culture that we're talking about in the sense that for me to become a counselor, somebody will have to die. And unfortunately, those are some of the things that we've been experiencing of late. Equally important for, for me to be able to get government job in the form of a tender, and there is somebody who wants to uphold the law, that person has to be removed out of the way. These are tendencies that we should nip them quite as early as possible so as to make sure that they don't contaminate this developmental local government that we have espoused for a long period of time. Because if every time we have got to go through a an election because a ward councillor has been killed, I think we need to also say 
let's plead with the justice system to really accelerate the pace of bringing the perpetrators to book so as to make sure that it serves as a deterrent from these things continuing to happen. Otherwise, if we don't act quickly and decisively, we are simply accepting these tendencies to carry on uh, unabated. The difficulty, of course, is that we don't see that. Tembin Gadimeng is the Deputy Minister of COCTA. Ms. Gadimeng, let me come back to you here. Just on this issue of, again, breaking the the, the cycles of violence at, at local government level, where there, there is a culture, and unfortunately it's a culture that's increasing. And, and I wonder how you, as government then, when you think about how you can resolve or intervene in this issue, what are some of the practical solutions? Or is it something that has just gotten out of control? Well, Kathy, I think it's as Tamata says it. The responsibility we have hugely is put legislation, regulations, and ensure that consequence takes place. Consequence management to be able to deal with the ill practices that are coming either from community members or municipalities and institutions in this instance. But sometimes the law law enforcement uh, agencies don't work in a fast pace as we anticipate them uh, to be. And that shows a culture of build-up of problems. For example, by law, we are trying to review now that the municipality, there must be another system. If you are on your second uh, line disclaimer, your budget needs to be allocated to another body to provide for service. But currently, as it is now, if I stop that budget, it's illegal for me to do that. I mean, I made an example of where I am now. I can't stop the budget with the AG having said five years in a row. I can put them under administration, which they have. They've just been removed last year, but there's still no improvement. So there must be a consequence of who hired the person who was uh, not totally qualified, a consequence of what happened to the man. The hawks are here, but I don't need them to be here. I need them to be in court to try the people who are found to have not been in compliance with the law. And that's what we try to do, exercise on a day-to-day basis to hold people accountable. Because that's the only instrument we have as government. I'm going to be taking your calls 086-000-2032. That's the number to dial to reach our studio, 086-000-2032. I'll take your voice notes on 0614-104-107. That's your WhatsApp voice notes and, of course, your text messages, 0614-104-107. Yvonne in Comptonville, good morning. Hello, Kathy. Um, uh, first time I'm speaking to you. Yes, but welcome I to the show. Listen, I love your your guests. Uh, yes, um, and I, I I get what they're saying, um, especially you know, the gentleman. If you want a regime change in the organisation, which is the municipalities or a men, uh, or a, or the metro, you protest on trumped up nonsense just to un- unseat your opponent, and then you get rewarded with the position. But then when that fails, it seems like in KZN, you resort to personal violence, which is the killings that are happening there. It is frightening. Even us that want to uh, 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 help communities, we are afraid to take up any positions Mm -hmm. because they will come and we will get killed. And to me, 
a, a, a normal person that's got nothing to do with politics. To me, it looks like it's a legacy of the ANC government. In my mind, it's li- linked to cadre uh, uh, deployment with the purpose of looting and corruption. And as they say, I, I think one of the ministers once said, it's my turn to eat. Mm. Uh, please, can someone save us from the South Africa? Can someone, someone just save us from the ANC? It's interesting that you should say that, Yvonne, because earlier on, uh, listening to um, what Minister Ngadi Meng was saying, she points the issue as being a reflection of society as a whole and the violence in society, the inability to resolve issues uh, amicably in, in society and that then playing itself out into how local government is run. So I'm assuming that you don't completely agree with that perspective. No, that perspective is okay, but it, 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 there's an underlying uh, uh, um, a feeling of entitlement with, the, with, with, with people, mm. especially the ANC people. They feel that they are entitled. Where does this come from? Is it being taught somewhere in some school to say, if you're an ANC member, you are entitled to be in government and you get a chance to loot because that's all it is. I was listening to horror, horror stories about Tembisa Hospital. Mm. Tembisa Hospital has got uh, skinny jeans. Why would a hospital buy skinny jeans for millions of rands, Kathy? Mm, mm, mm. You know, it, 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 it's just terrible. It, 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 it's, you can't even fathom what goes in the mind of people. If I'm, if I'm employed in the government, I have the right to, to, to do things illegally and do illegal things. All right. That's what it looks like to me. Mm. Yvonne out in Comptonville, thanks for the call. Uh, let me take Felix in Tata. Felix, good morning. Morning, Katie. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Felix. Go for it. Uh, Katie, you still, uh, you still haven't come back to me. Remember, I had asked you some time ago mm-hmm. about uh, state funerals. Can you remember? About state? Funerals. State funerals? Yes. Oh, what had you asked, Felix? I, I was asking why, who gets this uh, particular uh, state I mean, this is—it's all taxpayers' money that's been used to bury yeah. those certain individuals. Oh, I, I think and, that uh, completely slipped my mind, Felix. Sorry, I, uh, I'll, I'll have forgot. to go back. Yeah, <laughs> I, I completely okay, forgot about I'm, it. <laughs> okay, no, because I've been trying to to call you, but sometimes I can't get through to you. No, no, no problem. I'm writing it down now. Because what 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 makes me I, I always ask this year is because that means there's certain better people than others. Mm. Look, there is there is a whole. That's our moral. Let's sum it up. There is an entire criteria that is used, but like I said, we'll we'll look into it. Let's take your contributions Ah, for this conversation. Uh, Listen now, Kathy. Another thing is these municipalities, especially housing. I would like you, if there was a possibility, bring somebody some from these RDP houses. Houses. Hello, Felix. Just try and move around for me. We're losing you on the line. Oh, okay. Yes, that's what much better. Is, if, there's, if, there's, if there's a possibility to bring somebody from housing, uh, because there's a, 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 a hell of a long, big log uh, thing, backlog here on housing mm. in the Mtata area. Okay. 
All and, right, uh, Felix. I'm, 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 I've got so many people crying that they've been waiting for houses for over 10, 20 years. Okay. All right, Felix. And let's... at the end of the day, you see young boys having houses, owning houses. Mm, mm. Let's leave yeah. it there, Felix. Um, I, I think I've, I've noted the issues you wanted to raise. Uh, Dindwe in Tabanchu. Good morning, Dindwe. Good morning, Ketan. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you. You know, the, 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 the problem in local government and in government as a whole or in the country, uh, all the blame should go to the ANC. I'm speaking as a member of the ANC and in good standing. The ANC has allowed these things to go out of hand, and I don't think they will uh, arrest them in the near future. So it's a problem. It's money that is being used for me to get a position. It's killing other people so that I can get a position, as your your, your guest as correctly said. Mm. But I, I think a hell of a work needs to be done by the ANC to arrest all these things that is happening in local government and in government. People who are not capable because of what they are doing or hiring some other people to do uh, uh, killings and all those things, they get position and service delivery is dollar law. The difficulty, the, the difficulty, Dindu, is that it's, it's, uh, in some instances you also find that ANC councillors are victims of, of, of violence. So do you think that it's, it's a problem that's centered around the party alone doesn't it involve all political parties? No, but what I can say as the ANC member, the problem revolves around us as ANC members, mm. not other parties. As the, the, the late uh, Nelson Mandela said, ANC doesn't have enemies. ANC is an enemy of itself. That's all that is in the ANC. And if uh, somebody can get, go come out of the graves and rectify the ANC. All right. Dindwen Tabanchu will leave it there for this morning. I'll take more of your calls a little later. 086-000-2032. How do we respond and even resolve the issues of violence taking place at local government? Ms. Ming, let me give you a chance to respond to the callers that we've taken so far. Well, thank you. Thank you, Katie. Um, I understand Yvonne's point. But, Kathy, I know chairpersons of MPEG who are aligned to the African National Congress who are killed in reports to Kathy of Malatya. So what I'm saying, it is not necessarily a one-sided issue. It's a bit of a broader, a broader problem. And I'm in no way saying municipalities, which are even would be under the leadership of the ANC journey, challenges. Just saying, in some instances, we have to look into the municipality and its problem and direct what is the crisis with regard to that municipality. Yes, we have to deal with the cases. The issue of ensuring that it is right skills hired at the municipality and create an environment 
that is conducive for you for as an expert possibly in human resources management or in legal services to be at liberty and feel free to be wanted by quality act, apply, meet the requirements and go and work there. Contrary to creating a situation now where we have got people who to do what needs to be done. If what is not it's not the skills are appropriate, the laws are appropriate but the outcome is not what is regulated. There must be consequences promptly to deal with that. You seem to be hanging there, and that is why Tim is saying there's a reluctance of individuals in the municipality, even when they knowledgeably know what needs to be done, to, to do it the right way first time around. And and, and, and and the reflections that part of, of the reason why we we are in the situation in the first place stems from the ANC? Well, I, I think as they have articulated to it, there are wrongs which all parties may have to uh, 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 respond to. But there are equally wrongs which have happened to the very same party people who are trying to do good. Uh, uh, for example, Mkhalaku and Mkhalaku. Two councillors, ANC councillors, if we were to personalize them. Though they are council members, they should be servicing the community. And a chair and a member of the committee, what was their thing? To do the right according to the needs and deliver that. All right, uh, Minister Ngadiming, we seem to be losing that line to you. Not sure what uh, is happening there. I think we'll try maybe to redial you because I really can't hear you clearly. Tim, let me give you a chance to respond to our callers before we try to bring more on air. I, th- I think, Katie, uh, uh, Yvonne is quite right that the environment uh, in, in municipalities uh, creates fear for those professionals who might want to come in and assist in the system. And, and, and that also is a confirmation of what the Deputy Minister Masondo, during the, one of the interviews uh, conducted with him when the ANC had its policy conference, he did acknowledge the fact that the ANC has attracted some members within it who do not understand the culture or the history of, the, of their own organization. I think for me that was profound. If that can be fixed, if that can be fixed from the ANC's point of view, surely it will take us somewhere, primarily because there seems to be an, an, an acknowledgement that yes, we do have members, but some of these members might not be doing justice to their own political party. And that is the reason why those professionals who want to come in and help get pushed away, and I think even the president himself during the Zondo Commission and in his State of the Nation address, he did accede to the fact that competent people have been pushed away, and I think Yvonne has a point. If we can fix that, I think local government will be a better space for us to find ourselves in, and and, and I think that is a point. And I think on Dean uh, on, on, uh, when he, he said that uh, the contributing factor should be coming from uh, from 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 the political party in government, and and I want to say, maybe we need to look beyond one political party. We have got coalition uh, governments in some of the municipalities, and we also get to hear 
some of those allegations of wrongdoing within those uh, other municipalities. So broadly speaking, it is about the individuals that are assigned responsibilities to render services to the communities who take advantage of the gaps that exist within the system. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, the blame must go to those organizations that have sent them into government. We'll continue the conversation in a moment. And of course, we're still talking about local government, the violence that we see at a local government level and how exactly this violence can be brought to an end. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. We're still continuing with our municipal watch feature. Uh, Dr. Tim Mage is a local government specialist, uh, still on the line. Seems like we've lost uh, Minister Tembin Gadiming, who is the Deputy Minister of COCTA. We will put her back up on air uh, once we've been able to reestablish contact with her. Ozzy, you're calling us from Moloto. Good morning. Good morning, Tess. Good morning to the presenters. Just uh, one. Uh, firstly, uh, the president at some point was speaking about the performance contract. Uh, the question I have uh, to the specialist is, was that only applicable to the minister um, or it's also cascade down to local uh, government? And I haven't had uh, this thing spoken anymore. So is, is something that is still happening? And also, number two is, why do we see uh, so much of a problem for politicians to state now when something happened uh, in comparison to other countries? You, you know, where, whereby when there's uh, something, failure of uh, self-delivery or something, it's easier for them to, to step down. Could that be uh, associated with, with uh, perhaps poverty or maybe they're not having other options if, if they are not working for government? And then uh, the last point is, I know we don't have enough time to talk about issues of corruption and service de- delivery. Is it not possible at some point to have some roundtable and we, we call up all those um, security uh, cluster representatives given crime prevention? agencies so that uh, we can have this discussion and people are able to ask questions. I remember we used to, to have some time ago where they will have a, um, a community hall where they will have those people there and people are able to ask this type of questions. Uh, I'll leave it here for now. Okay. All right. Thank All right, you. Ozzy. Th- thanks for the call out in Molodo. Let me take a couple of WhatsApp voice notes also uh, contributing to the same co- conversation. Yeah, the truth and the fact. These people are not answering your question, uh, Auskathy. They're not giving the reason of the violence within the municipalities, top positions. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to answer that for them. They kill each other for those positions. Power-hungry, selfish. They kill each other for those positions. Them are the reason of of this violence. Morning, kids. If you want to be a counselor, you must be rude and be a liar. Whether your qualification is great too, because it's about money. Now it's it's the time to get people who are educated. That's all, because they see this as a job. Thank you, Kate.
Morning, Kedi. Kedi, the issue is one, Kedi. We need to learn to separate the political oversight role and the administrative part. Because now you see politicians, they come now as they becoming involved in more in operation roles. They're supposed to play their role as the supervisor, the political heads. It's where the problem lies, kids. We need to separate the two. Thank you, kids. And and um, Tim, I think our, our last caller there ha- has really hit the nail on the head. This inability to separate the administrative from the political will mean that the violence that we'll see is a perpetual continuation, uh, you know, which is stemming really from that problem. You see, Katie, I, I want to uh, reiterate that point. If during the election processes, qualified candidates are elected into office, would have minimal disregard of the legislative framework. Because what the last caller is saying, it's a matter that is regulated by law. But at times, because of the, I'll call it the lack of capacity to internalize the very same legislations that regulates our conduct. We tend to use common sense to relate with each other in government. And that is the reason why you end up having a situation whereby there is an overlap of responsibility by a political head of a municipality into the administration, which ultimately results in tensions between either the accounting officer and the political head of the municipality and subsequently, the end result is that uh, you're going to find the accounting officer having to be suspended. Now, if every one of us could stay within our lane, I can assure you, Kathy, we would not encounter problems where in even service delivery gets to suffer. But as long as we have people who do overlap from their right lane into the lanes which they shouldn't find themselves and vice versa, you find administrators overlapping into the role of the politicians, you're going to have a problem. And that is the reason why the Municipal Systems Amendment Act 3 of, 2000, of 2022 was signed into law by the president to begin to cap some of these things. But we will get it right if we get well-capacitated councillors who are able to read, comprehend, and understand the policy environment that uh, they operate in. Unfortunately, one doesn't get a sense that the situation will change sooner rather than later, which means that this violence is something that we will continue to live with. Kathy, we, we will keep talking about the same things all the time for as long as there is no decisive action to read out some of those elements that are, are, are not wanted within the system of government. And, and I, I tend to agree with you because you would note that this discussion of violence in government or in municipalities against those who are charged with the responsibility to make decisions, it is not a matter that we, we're hearing of it now. It is a matter that has been under discussion. But the question is, are we determined to make sure that 
we really get rid of those tendencies that are creating these problems for us. All right. Let me thank you so much for your time today on the talking point there, Tim. And, of course, on that note, that's where we will leave it for today. You're hearing there from Dr. Tim Mage. He's a local government specialist. The talking point will be back with you again uh, tomorrow morning. Let me hand you over now to the update at noon.